Today you're going to learn how to record video for your online course content. Tips, tricks, tool recommendations, mindset advice, and more. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel women just like you, who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by building a business online. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and it's time to build your empire. Rebels, welcome back to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast. Today we are joined by my good friend Holly from Holly G Studios. Holly empowers online entrepreneurs to go from confused to confident on both sides of the camera and teaches them the skills that they need to create not just video, but business cinema. Business cinema is the way that Holly likes to to describe the next level video. So not creating content just for creating content, but creating videos that have a plan, a purpose, and a real strategy. Videos that move your business forward and have a bigger purpose. Holly started her career video production in 2008 as a videographer, producer, and editor working with big industry names including the Sundance Channel, Sony Music, Nick.com, HBO, Big Time Rush, Forrest Whitaker, and many others. Her skills and experience run the full gamut from producing and directing to shooting and editing, and she has translated those skills into a wide range of educational resources and services to support entrepreneurs in their quest for video stardom. Today, we are gonna be picking Holly's brain all about recording video for your course content. We dive into a whole lot in this episode, but we definitely cover the basics, like what tools to use, how to outline your video, etc. And for those of you who are timid, shy, terribly afraid of video content, keep listening because we cover that too. Don't forget to describe... Don't forget to subscribe to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. Your reviews are powerful stuff and put a huge smile on my face. Plus, you just might be the lucky winner of an Amazon gift card, which we'll be raffling off to one of our reviewers once we reach our next 50 reviews. Head on over there now. I'd also love, love, love it if you pause this podcast just for a second, take a screenshot of you listening, and share it on the gram. Tag me at Eden Freed and tag Holly at Holly G Studios so we can see that you are watching, listening, and engaged. And then obviously come back here, hit that unpause button, and listen to the rest of the interview. All right, let's turn it on over to Holly, shall we? All right, Holly, welcome to the podcast. So happy you're here. I am so thrilled to be chatting with you today even about this topic. Yeah, this is a good topic. But so before we dive into the actual meat of the material, I always start off interviews asking people about how they got started in the in this world. So tell us a little bit about your journey to where you are sure. now. Sure. So it started for me back in 2008, and I was living and working in Florida at the time. And this was right about when the housing bubble burst, and I was working in the real estate industry, and I was like, go for my position due to the decline in the housing market, and I was left at a crossroads. I was like, well, what do I really want to do? And I knew I didn't want to be having the same conversation with myself 10 years later. I was in a very good position, young enough, and with the least amount of responsibilities I had to actually do something interesting with my life. And I really wanted to do something that, you know, made me happy and feel fulfilled and excited about, you know, work and things like that. And I thought, oh, I can easily get like another office job, no problem. But 
is that what I really want to be doing? I was like, no, I want to travel. And I'd always had an interest in photography and video was just the natural progression to that. And I was sitting at home unemployed, like, what am I going to do? You know, I was like thinking and a commercial for the Travel Channel Academy came on and it was all about how to shoot and edit video travel channel style. I was like, oh my God, that would be the perfect thing. Imagine if I could work for the Travel Channel, that would be amazing. So I went to this weekend workshop and I fell in love with this idea and that led into an opportunity to travel around Mexico that same year, summer of the, uh, 2008, shooting a documentary. And I spent two months doing that and came back to Florida and met with every production company within a 50 mile radius of where I was living. I was like, are you guys hiring? What is everybody doing? I was like, we're not doing anything. So I was like, you know what? I'm out. Two weeks later, I had packed, sold, or put into storage everything I owned and moved back to New York to get involved in video production up here, video and film production, which by November of that year I did. I got my first internship at a documentary production company and just kind of took off from there. Then in 2010, I started to notice this rise in online video. And I was like, oh, who's, who's you know working with people to create online video for their websites and for YouTube and stuff like that? I was like, I want to help people do that. While all of my colleagues were clamoring to work with like very you know lucrative companies who had lots of money to spend, I was like, what about all these other people? They need video too. So I did that and I realized that everybody had the same questions and concerns when it came to video, which are, I want to make video, but I don't know how to do it. I'm not ready to be on camera. I don't know how much it costs. And I have no idea what kind of videos I should be making. And I was like, all right, perfect. <laughs> I can answer those questions, but I started another company to address some of those common concerns because it didn't matter how many fancy lights and cameras I pointed at somebody, if they weren't ready to be on camera, there wasn't any video that I could show them that they were gonna like because they just didn't like who they were. They haven't overcome their own personal mindset issues and insecurities and things like that to be able to accept what they were seeing on the other side. So I started a company called the Media Prep Group, and this was all about preparing business owners to present themselves and their businesses on camera and in the media. And I had teamed up with a public speaking coach and a media trainer, and we were hosting live events, and that was great while it lasted, and I was like, this business model is all wrong. And right around that time, it was February 2013, and I discovered B-School that was being hosted by Marie Forley. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. I can take all of these years of production experience and transition that into teaching people how to actually up-level the videos that they're creating with all of my professional experience. And I did that. And that's when I started the company that I'm running now. Wow. I love that tr like natural progression <laughs> of your career. Super cool. Um, so so obviously this is a, a perfect segue into talking about the topic of our conversation today. We're going to be talking about using video inside of a paid course or workshop, anything that actually requires a video element. And like you mentioned, this is an overwhelming topic for a lot of people. Uh, video is one of those beasts that everyone just like wants to avoid like the plague, especially if they've never done it before. So, when we're thinking about creating video in a paid course, my first question is, do you really need it? Like what additional value does it bring for those people who are like totally afraid of video? Why do they actually need to think about creating it? I think everybody has a different learning style and the more ways that you can touch on all of the different learning styles, the better 
you're setting up your clients to actually learn something from the material that you're sharing with them. Because if you only deliver it in one format, maybe you have an auditory learner who's learning through, let's say you created audios and they're learning that way, but what about the visual learner? You know, they're not getting as much out of it and they're not able to put to use the material that you're teaching. So you really want to be all encompassing and make sure that you are reaching as many different learning styles as you possibly can with your content. So, you know, you have handouts, you have the video, you have the audio so that everybody can choose, pick and choose what their best learning style is going to be for them. Yeah. You bring up a really good point. When we're making an online course, we're not just making it to make money. We're also stepping into that role as an educator to fill a knowledge gap for our customer. (laughs) that's the goal here. You know, if you want to have a a successful online course, you need to make sure that you are really embracing that role as an educator and reaching your customers in ways that will resonate with them. So not only having video, but having the text and having, um, you know, let's say someone is hearing impaired, having those captions on the video as well. So I love that you bring that up. Now, nerves, video nerves, that's a big thing. And I know you talk a lot about this and have a lot of opinions about it. So for people who are nervous about the idea of video and really camera shy, what tips can you share to help them get over that fear of the camera? Sure, absolutely. I have tons of tips in this area. But the most important thing that you really need to understand when it comes to, you know, getting overcoming your fears and getting confident in front of the camera is that action breeds the results that you're looking for. You can't just think about like one day when you're comfortable on video, you have to actually do the work. And that's, it's unavoidable. Everybody starts with their first video. Everybody starts scared. Everybody starts fearful. But the people that you see that you may be looking at and admiring and potentially comparing yourself to, which you shouldn't, all those people started with their first video too. So first and foremost, you know, just start taking action. This doesn't mean that you have to, you know, show everybody in the whole entire world, quote unquote world, um, your first video, but you do have to create it. (laughs) I always compare it to riding a bike, right? So when you get on a bike, you have no idea what you're doing. You might get training wheels and, or have somebody standing behind you to kind of help hold you up and keep your balance. But as you start to gain experience, you start to gain more confidence with your abilities to ride that bike. And before you know it, you're popping wheelies down the street, right? But you, you're, you can't just sit around looking at your bike thinking, one day I'm going to pop wheelies down the street and it's not going to happen that way. Do you remember the first video that you made? Oh, it was awful. It was awful. It was absolutely <laughs> awful. Um, I, and I, I go back and you should go back and look at your videos and cringe. If you don't, that means you started too late. Um, I like that perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm having to transition myself from actually being behind the camera for the majority of my career to when I decided to start this business in 2013 to the front of the camera and the representative of my business and no pressure. I am a video pro. So my videos like need to be perfect. Every line, every word, every image had to be perfection. Otherwise it wasn't good enough. I put a tremendous amount of pressure on myself to create, you know, videos that were far above and beyond anything you know that i saw out there because i'm a video professional and this is what i'm teaching people how to do but one of the things i realized very quickly was 
duh, I'm still a real person <laughs> with my own fears and insecurities and all of these things that I had to overcome. So what I did was I literally just locked myself in a room and continued making videos until it wasn't uncomfortable anymore. And through that process, I actually had an epiphany and realized that you know, these like nerves and this like uncomfortable awkwardness, this fear that was brewing inside of me, I wanted to change that perspective and I turned it into something positive instead of something negative. And I reframed it as this is something that is help allowing me to grow as a human being. This feeling I'm feeling is that that's what it feels like to grow from the inside out because I'm doing something that I'm uncomfortable with. I'm doing something that I'm scared of. And it is allowing me to push past that and grow more as a human being. And I knew that all of the goodness that I had to share was never going to be seen if I couldn't overcome these fears myself. What's that quote? They say uh, progress begins at the end of your comfort zone or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, A couple more just general tips as far as video confidence is concerned is don't be afraid to fail. Like, the only way you can fail for real is if you don't try. Um, you put yourself out there, just do it. The other thing is let go of perfection. Nobody's expecting you to be perfect. And as a matter of fact, you are more endearing when you are just true to who you are and people can see your genuineness through you know, your flubs and just your, your quirks and you know, all of the things that you think are things that people would not like about you or all of the things that people will love about you. Yeah, that's so true. Just I would say, yeah, I, uh, this makes me remember my first online course that I made with video. Um, and I am the opposite of you. I'm not a perfectionist by any means. <laughs> and so I did not go in and like edit out my awkward stumbling over words, which happened all the time, mistakes that I made, things like that, sneezing in the middle of the video. I didn't edit that stuff out. <laughs> And it was funny because when I got feedback from the online course, a lot of the students said that they really liked that because it felt as if I was just sitting in the room with them, chatting with them. Like you can't edit out a sneeze, you know, if you're sitting drinking coffee with a friend. So why would you do that? Exactly. It makes you more relatable. Like nobody can relate to perfection because nobody knows anybody who's perfect. Now, do you think for people who are just totally afraid of getting in front of the lens, which is a big fear that people have, what are some ways that we can kind of like start to inch our way closer to the camera without it even being for a, from a business perspective? Like, sure. would you recommend people like take videos with their kids, just things like that to start getting used to being in front, in front of the camera? I think it does take time. And I always say, you know, you got to build up your video muscles. It's like working out. You're not going to start day one and be like, oh, I'm in perfect shape. So you do have to do those little exercises in front of the video, in front of the camera to get more comfortable. You can send video messages to your friends or family, people who, who you know and trust and like and respect who aren't going to judge you or critique you in a negative way. Um, you can start by doing that. It will help you get more familiar with seeing your image and hearing your voice because I got to tell you, it is like, whoa, that's what I look like. That's what I sound like. The first time you see yourself on video, like that's ridiculous. That's not who I am. But in reality, that is who you are. That's who everybody else sees. You just don't get to see it. (laughs) 
Yeah. You're not well, looking at yourself true. like that. And you don't hear yourself. I mean, the way you hear yourself in your head is definitely different from the way you sound. Um, and that was actually my biggest struggle with video is because I hated the sound of my own voice in recordings. I don't know why. I think I sound amazing in my head, but in person, I just don't think I sound that great. And now after recording so many videos and launching a podcast, I don't hear any difference. Like to me, I sound normal. So it's, it is kind of like you said, you just get used to, after exercising that muscle, you get used to those things that used to bother you a lot before. Exactly. You just let it go because you realize at, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And first and foremost, you have to take the pressure off of yourself by thinking about all of the people who are waiting for you to help them. Like people are out there waiting. You're, you're going to change people's lives with the things that you have to share, whether you realize it or not. So you need to get over yourself to be able to do that. Yeah. Who are you not helping by not showing up? That's yeah. I have a sticky note in front of me every single day that I look at that says, I am here to change lives. Don't give up on those people. I love that. That's amazing. Little sticky note reminders are the best things. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about actually creating the video. So, you know, we've decided we're going to do it. We're committed. We're going to get in front of the camera. How do we get started? So first, like you definitely need to have some sort of outline or vision for what your course is going to comprise of. This is actually, let me start with first, you need to consider the amount of time and budget. So your budget, both time budget and both financial budget for what goes into creating videos for a course. Because I've had people come to me like, oh, of course, I'm going to launch it in three weeks. Can you help me with the videos? And I'm like, uh, three weeks. <laughs> That's funny. No, I can't. That is not a realistic amount of time to devote to creating, you know, videos for a course. So, you know, make sure you allow enough time and just keep in mind that everything is going to take longer than you think it is, especially if you not, not that you care, but especially if, you know, you are putting a lot of time, effort and consideration into what you're doing above and beyond just average time, then you know that that's going to take more time. It's going to take more of your time, energy, and effort to create the type of video that you want to create for your clients who are out there waiting for you to help them, right? So, you know, really take that into consideration. Some of the other things that you need to be thinking about are what's the look and feel of your video? Like, what kind of videos do you want to make? So I usually tell clients, like, start looking for inspiration videos, not videos that you want to rip off because I definitely don't advocate doing anything like that, but videos that you like or admire or respect or inspire you. You know, um, what is it about the video that you like? Do you like the tone? Do you like the lightness? Do you like the darkness? Do you like the the look of it? Do you like the way that it sounds? Do you like the way that it was shot? Like, is it multiple angles? Is it, you know, somebody walking and talking? Is it all just slides? You know, really start thinking about like, what is, how does this visually look? Like, what does your course visually look like? Do you want to do, you know, any face to camera? Do you want it just to be all voiceover slides and, and graphics and things like that? If you do want face to camera, are you standing? Are you sitting? Are you inside? Are you outside? You know, these are the things that you kind of want to start thinking about. Now, do you have a recommended um, time for course videos? 
it depends on the depth of the course, right? Because if it's like a four video course, then obviously that's not going to take as long as like a 12 module course with four videos inside each module. Um, right. So, you know, usually when I start working with my, when I'm, you know, helping people kind of flesh out their, their course material, we go back to the outline and then I help them go through the outline and we really start breaking down all of the different videos. So, okay. So maybe like I might, because not only do I bring all of, you know, my video experience to, you know, helping people create these course videos, but also like I've been launching courses since 2013 and putting together courses since then. So I also can, you know, work through, you know, just by looking at your script, like that's going to be way too overwhelming for somebody. You really need to break this down into four different things. And it's nice to have another set of eyes. So get somebody else to also look at your course, somebody, you know, you respect, you trust somebody that may be, you know, a really um, close biz buddy, or if you're in a mastermind, definitely get other people's eyeballs on your course outline because you're so close to the material and it's hard for you sometimes to see things that other people might easily see. So like, for instance, if it's too much information in one particular module, or if maybe this part would be better if you put it above or below, you know, put things in a certain sequence, sometimes it, it could be a little out of order and you might not realize that. Now, what does a video outline actually entail? Are you scripting the whole thing out or are you kind of just like rough, roughly planning? For me personally, and what I recommend is full script. Full script, um, when you are creating your course outline and you're thinking about the material that you're putting into the course, that's fully written out, fully fleshed out, you know, um, paragraphs, ideas, bullets, whatever it is, however you kind of organize that information. And then, you know, you're, you're putting the scripts together based on that and breaking things down based on the course outline and, and what you have inside of each different part. Okay. Do you use something to help read that? Like, are you using some sort of teleprompter service or something? I like to use teleprompters and when I shoot videos with my clients, I, I have them use teleprompters, but teleprompter, if you are going to be using a teleprompter for a course, practice <laughs> first, practice with it first, because this is not like a natural skill. Nobody's like, oh, I just can naturally understand and read a teleprompter all like natural right from the beginning. Um, you know, you might have some nerves going when you're first getting started. So, you know, keep that into consideration, do some practice with the scripts. Um, timing is very important on the teleprompter, making sure it's not too fast or not too slow. I tend to space mine out a little bit more. So then there's room for some impromptu things mm -hmm. and, or, you know, mannerisms or, you know, hand gestures or, you know, just different for me to create some natural moments in between the teleprompter. Yeah. It's funny. I actually found like a free teleprompter service online because I needed to record a video um, that had like a lot of information I couldn't remember. Usually I will yeah. do more of off the cuff and um, I was trying different speeds and one of my videos was almost perfect. But then I realized I didn't leave myself time to swallow. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to, this is so And I run the whole video. <laughs> so yeah, yeah so that's a good Practice. Timing, the timing of the teleprompter is extremely important and it's better to have more time because you can edit that, that dead air out as opposed to be like, I got to tell you something and it's coming, and then you sound like the guy from Micro Machines and nobody understands you. You definitely want to have like a natural conversational pace and almost even a little bit slower because people are absorbing the same. You, you may have talked about this 3,500 
75 times, but this is the, could be potentially the first time the viewer is hearing this information. So you don't want to go speeding through it all. Yeah. Usually you don't hear people complaining about you being too slow. You, you'll only hear people complaining about you being too fast. Which yeah. Is and if it's too slow, and this goes to something else that I, I wanted to touch on is, you know, whatever your program you're using to host the, and secure your course material, um, a lot of times the video players have the option to speed it up. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm like a fast, a fast listener. Is that a thing? <laughs> I always listen to, you know, podcasts and videos at at least 1.5 because I know that people will have a tendency to talk a little bit slower, specifically when they're teaching and training. And I learn pretty quickly. So I like speed it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, my husband listens to everything at two times the speed. And I'm like, well, for me, I can't even understand what people are saying. At that speed. But yeah, I would I do it like one and a half times for sure. Like YouTube videos, things like yep. that. All the time. So what technology do you recommend to actually create the video? Well, first and foremost, you need a camera. <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge one. Um, you know, you definitely want to just kind of do a quick assessment of what you have on hand so that you could determine, you know, again, back to the budget. And this is, this is something that should not be an afterthought. When you're, you know, I know it's, it's exciting when you have this idea for a course and you start, you know, pouring over all of the material and doing all of the things. There's so many different components that you need to, to be thinking about. One of which is, you know, how you're going to make it all happen and understanding what equipment you have available to you. And, you know, the fact that you're going to need to make videos and those videos are going to take time. You're going to need to launch your course. That's going to take time. You're going to need to have some ramp up promotion and, and some other supporting videos that go around that. But, um, what you need first camera so assess go through you know what you have and what you may be missing there are things that you could rent or borrow then by all means if you decide that you have the budget and the time to hire a crew um, one of my very strong viewpoints is if you are charging people money for what they are going to see then you need to invest either in yourself to do it at a higher level by working with somebody like me or by hiring a professional crew who can help you produce and shoot the videos and potentially edit all of the content for you. But if you're going to be DIYing, you need to take that into consideration and realize that it's going to take a lot more time and you're going to need to know how to edit the video. So you're going to need an editing program in addition to, you know, your camera equipment, lighting, audio equipment and stuff like that. Now, let's say we are on a complete budget, like barely spending anything because it's just not in the cards right yep. now. Um, can we use the camera in our computer? Absolutely. You have a camera within three feet of you right now. I always recommend starting with what you have and then upgrading as you go. Because I know, like, you know, especially if you're just getting started and this is potentially your first course and you're, you know, putting all of the capital for your, you know, to start your business out of your own pockets, then of course, you know, use what you have. You know, you also have to prove that this course is going to be a viable situation. So, you know, you want to make sure before you start investing heavily, because I've had other clients come to me and they're like, I want to put together a course. I'm like, do you have a list? <laughs> yeah. Who are you selling it to? Because first and foremost, I won't, I won't work with you if you, you know, aren't ready to sell that course at the conclusion of it because it's a waste of time with me and I already know that. You mm -hmm. know, you might be investing heavily with me to create this amazing, you know, course, but at the end of the day, then you, you have to sell that course to people who want to buy it. So you really want to be thinking about that. 
as well. Now, what microphone recommendations do you have, let's say for people who are on a budget and then kind of like maybe one or two levels up from that? Sure. Um, depending on what camera you're shooting with, you definitely never want to rely on the audio, the internal audio from whatever device it is. So as I was saying, you want to use what you have and then upgrade as you go. I always say you can create an upgraded version of the video by using what I call the professional triangle, which is lighting, audio, and graphics. So if you're using, you know, your camera from your computer or you're using your mobile device, make sure you at least invest in something that is going to create a better quality audio because a lot of times people are just going to be listening to the video and if the video sounds terrible, it's, it's, you're not going to, you're not going to win any hearts. And people aren't going to listen and you're going to probably wind up giving a lot of people refunds. So, you know, for my computer, I, I've invested in the Blue Yeti mic, which is, it, I mean, it paid for itself a thousand times over. I use it almost every day in my business to everything from, you know, one-on-one -on -one consults to, on Zoom, all the way through podcasts to videos, like every single thing I use it. And it is a solid uh, piece of equipment that I think was under a hundred dollars. So when you're talking about the long haul, like people, you're asking people to invest in what you're creating for them. You need to make these other small investments to make sure that whatever you're doing is going to be good enough for them to invest in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I actually also, I have a blue snowball. So it's like, uh, I think it's one level below the Yeti, um, similar ish in pricing, but actually the reason why I bought my microphone is my first online course. Remember how I said I wasn't a perfectionist. I did not record with a mic. I just used the internal mic in my computer and someone complained about the audio and they were like, you know what? I love your content and I've just gotten over it because I like your content, but you need a microphone. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> Went on Amazon, bought the blue snowball and it's totally changed my audio for sure. Absolutely. You really need to make sure the audio is great if the visual isn't as great. Then for lighting, you know, you don't necessarily have to invest a ton of money in lights. Start with what you have, even if it's a window, you know, face your camera, face your, excuse me, face yourself toward the window so that you're taking advantage of natural light. Don't face with the, don't, don't have the window behind you because what that's going to do is going to create like this, um, effect where you look like you should be in the witness protection program. <laughs> Because the camera is going to be compensating for the amount of light coming through the window. So what happens is it shuts down on um, the shutter and you, or the ISO, and you look all dark, right? So, you know, use that to your advantage. Then with the other third part of the professional triangle is graphics. So you can easily put graphics into your videos and they're going to make it look extra pro. Um, simply with Canva and a program called ScreenFlow, which is a very... Um, easy to use editing program. And I actually have two training tutorial videos on how to do this on my YouTube channel. Oh, that's amazing. Well, uh, I'll get those links from you and we can share them in the show notes for Perfect. listening. Um, so ScreenFlow, is that a paid tool? What's the cost of it? It is a paid tool. Um, for, for editing your course videos, I wouldn't rely on any of the free editors. Some, you know, they're great for, you know, little trims and this and that. But when you are trying to put together something that's a little bit more sophisticated, you want to be able to be in full control of all of the elements. And something like ScreenFlow is going to allow you enough features and options that it's, you can get all the things 
done that you want to get done without being super overwhelming. I like compare it to if Adobe Premiere is like Photoshop, it's more sophisticated, more professional. Because I know the first time I opened up Photoshop, I was like, uh, what am I doing in here? I just want to crop this picture and wow, this is crazy. Um, that's, that's what I say about uh, Canva. Canva, I call it the graphic design tool for dummies if you don't want to use like an Adobe tool. Exactly. So as Adobe Premiere is like Photoshop, you have Canva, which is ScreenFlow. So if you like Canva, you'll love ScreenFlow. And I think ScreenFlow works on both Mac and PC, but if you are strictly PC, you can check out Camtasia, which is a similar in style and version of uh, ScreenFlow. Now, can you, out of curiosity, can you record your screen using ScreenFlow? Yes, okay. which is awesome because if you decide that you want your course to be slides and voiceover, you can create a slideshow in Keynote or whatever your program is, whatever you want to use, and then record the screen and the voiceover inside of ScreenFlow. Boom. Okay. Love it. Love that you can do all those things with one tool. That's amazing. And that's a big question that I get because obviously I talk all about digital products and work with course creators all the time. And everyone always says, what do I use to record my screen? I'm like, I have lots of other recommendations, but definitely we'll check out that one as well. So what are we missing? We talked about technology. We talked about getting used to being in front of the camera and kind of overcoming that fear and really then planning your, your content so you're ready to get in front of the camera. What are we missing that's important for folks who are listening to now? Um, I, I think some, I have some just extra tips on, you know, how to create videos and be a pro without like breaking the bank. <laughs> so and I, we might've touched on some of these, but I feel like it's worth reiterating, like know why. So understand why you're making your course, who it's for, how you can help them. Um, think about it from your student's perspective and plan on creating something super valuable and effective. Um, Second, I mean, even before this one, I should have mentioned before this one is make sure you have, you know, you have people who are actually interested in buying it first because you, you need to test it and make sure that it has actually something that people want to buy. Because I get quote unquote brilliant ideas all the time. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is the best idea ever. And then I ask my audience and I'm like, would you guys be interested in that? And it's like, no, definitely not interested in that whatsoever. So before you go investing a ton of time, effort, and energy, make sure that it's something that people actually want. So first and foremost, then know why you're actually creating it. Then visualize your course, right? What do you want it to look like? Think about, you know, whether it's going to be face to camera. And if it is, where are you shooting it? What's your wardrobe going to look like? What's the, you know, what's the, um, the style of the video going to be and, and, or the course, like branding wise, colors, fonts, do you have like stock photos or styled photos that you're going to be using specifically with this course and then incorporating that, that same look and feel into the video? So thinking about that. Um, a pro tip would actually be to use a combination of both visuals and face to camera because people want to see you too sometimes. You know, so there's a, you know, a, something to be said about looking into someone's eyes you know, as you're kind of learning the material as well. The other thing is don't feel like you need to put everything in the kitchen sink into your course. It, you want to be able to create transformation with quick wins and not overwhelm people into procrastination, you know, procrastinate planning or, you know, stuck in that, like, I was going to do it, but I got overwhelmed. You know, you really want to 
created it in such a way where it's easily digestible. So maybe that means the videos, instead of being 20 minutes long or only five minutes long, but they um, are just as valuable. So really, you know, cut out all the fluff and really just delivered the meat and not too much. Next thing is be engaging. Nobody wants to watch Ben style style educational videos. Ben Stein, Ben Stein style <laughs> educational videos. You know, spice it up, use your personality, insert some, you know, if you're funny, you know, don't feel like you can't be funny because you're teaching. Um, you know, insert your personality. People buy you really at the end of the day because you're not the only one who teaches what you teach. You know, there's actually something you mentioned engagement and it, it makes me remember um, I was once given a video as like um, a, a submission for something and I was watching the video and bored out of my mind, like completely bored because what they did was they had one slide with like a line of text on it and they stayed on that slide for, honestly, I timed it. It was over 10 minutes and there was no video of them in the corner or anything. They were just on that slide. And I literally was like, my skin was crawling. Oh, it's just the worst feeling. Um, so I love that you mentioned earlier um, in addition to being engaging, like switch it up with what you're looking at and, you know, the different types of graphics because you don't want your people to be bored because that's the quickest way you're going to get them to click X out of your, your course video. Exactly. And I know that, you know, when you put your heart and your soul into something to not see it being used or to not see, you know, those results on the end is very disappointing, you know, and I don't want that for you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, this was amazing. Before we wrap up, um, there are two additional things. So I know that you launched a membership site, Video Made Easy. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So what Video Made Easy is basically, you know, a lot of times people come to me with the same concerns over and over. Year, for years, it's been the same concerns. Like I have all these ideas or I have no ideas. I have ideas, but I can't actually execute on the ideas or I'm doing the things, but I'm not getting the result because there's no strategy behind it. So what video made easy is all of those things wrapped up in one in a, like basically a monthly video package. It's a thematic um, strategy plan, marketing action strategy plan that gets you to use video in a very smart and strategic way to grow your business and your bottom line. And each month is a different theme that starts every, anywhere from you know, creating evergreen video, which is great if you want to build your list and you know, add in additional content upgrades, all the way through you know, client relation videos, things like that. I'm super excited about it and I can't wait. Yes, and by the time this podcast goes live, that membership will be um, all finished and open. So yes. I will share the link to video made easy for you guys in the show notes. Um, awesome. Also, one, one thing to add to that too, because the other element is like, yeah, that's great. I might know what to do, but how am I actually going to make it happen? So one of the other things that I thought was important to include in the video made easy program is action hours to actually get the work done, to get feedback on the work that you've been doing. And inside of your, your monthly video packets, I give you schedules and checklists and script outlines if they're applicable, as well as any additional tools or resources I think that you might find valuable or helpful to actually create the, thing, the videos that you're gonna be creating for that month. So we do that twice a month live with me. Oh, that's awesome. 
Yeah. Sometimes you just feel like you need, like you said earlier, another set of eyes. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds amazing that you're going to be offering that too. Uh, So if you guys want to learn more about course video creation, um, Holly was telling me before we we even started recording that she kind of had like this brain dump of information. Uh, So she's pulling together a document for you guys. It's going to be like a checklist of some sort for a ton of different information. You can go to hollygstudios.com forward slash course checklist and get that for yourself. Holly, before we wrap up, where can we find you and stalk you online? Oh, cool. I'm always on, well, on YouTube for sure. But my second place I like to hang out is Instagram. And I'm all up in the Instagram stories at Holly G Studios. Definitely go check Holly out there. I'm always watching her stories. Um, Last question for you before we bring this to a close. What does it mean to you to be a rebel in your business and in your life? It means that, well, I have a funny saying, and this, this, this kind of is the epitome of being a rebel is if you are not the lead dog, the view never changes. And I, for one, don't want to look at some dog's ass. (laughs) I am the leader at what I do, never a follower. And I think that's pretty rebel. That's definitely rebel. I love that. And a great place to wrap. (laughs) Thank you so much, Holly. Thank you. Next time on Rebel Boss, ladies, we are discussing webinars. Are they dead? Question mark. Here's a big fat spoiler for you. They are not dead. We'll be discussing the webinar launch strategy and how to make it work for you and your next product launch. That's coming at you next week. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get a notification when it's published. Thanks again for tuning in today, Rebels. If you loved this episode, do not forget to leave us a review and share it on social media. I'm your host, Eden Freed. And remember, keep kicking ass, keep putting in the work, and most importantly, keep showing up. We'll see you next time.